0: Hey, Consumed listener. This is your host, Jamie Lewis. Before I start this episode, can I ask you a little favor? Will you please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and or review Consumed? It helps other like-minded people find the podcast and it gives love to the folks who sponsor it. And listen, if you don't have anything nice to say, well, just imagine me channeling your mother here, okay? Okay. Here's the episode and thank you. It's consumed, the conversational food and wine podcast covering the flavor of California's Central Coast and beyond. This season, I'm covering lots of different eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers, including a mushroom expert, the team behind San Luis Obispo County's first Michelin star, a family of winemakers, an outspoken wine and food critic, a culinary obsessed high school student, local food activists, pupusa enthusiasts, state historians, and more. Hungry? Thirsty? Let's get consumed. Maggie Cameron owns Paso Rubles restaurant, The Hatch, with her husband and partner, Eric Connolly. They also own and operate a new pizza joint called Della's, which is right next door to The Hatch in downtown Paso Robles. She says the two restaurants are very different, that Della's is the gin to The Hatch's whiskey. Spoiler alert, Maggie and I laugh really, really hard at one point in our conversation and the audio gets pretty wild. Hopefully you find the story about my college pizzeria as hilarious as we do. Either way, Maggie is so fun and personable. You can see why her restaurants have enjoyed such unbridled success. Listen as Maggie talks about the difference between luck and hard work, pimento cheese, and the dream of becoming bi-coastal. Here's Maggie Cameron. Maggie Cameron the restaurateur behind The Hatch and other projects. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Maggie, you and I know each other because um, years ago, when you, I think The Hatch was only maybe like a year old, um, 805 Living Magazine, the editor there, Lynn Andajar, um, always is giving me tips on things in my own area, she lives in <laughs> in Thousand Oaks, but she's like, "Have you tried the Hatch?" And I hadn't. And she said, "Well, I love pimento cheese, and I don't know of anybody in Slow County doing it except this place, the Hatch. So, so go funny. eat it, yeah, and tell me what you think." And it's I had never had it before, so you brought that's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Do you like being the pimento numb? cheese? <laughs> And well, and then I talked to you and I was like, so you've got to be from the South and or like the low, you know, Southern Eastern seaboard. And you were like, no, not really. I mean, you are from Boston, right? I'm, I'm,
1: I grew up in Connecticut and I went to school in Massachusetts to college and then moved to Boston afterwards. So I moved to California from Boston. Right. And, but I grew up, so my, my mom was in Connecticut. My mom and stepdad were in Mm -hmm. Connecticut um, my dad and stepmom were in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. So I spent summers growing up in Louisville, which, you know, had a, just a different food scene. For sure. Um, yeah. Which is a really cool restaurant town right now, by yeah. the way. But um, back then it was just, you know, I got introduced to pimento cheese back then. Yeah. But um you know it was a comfort food and that's what we wanted mm-hmm. the hatch to be so that was yeah pimento cheese was on the opening menu it goes in and out but it's it's on the menu right now and it's yeah. so good it's just a little bowl of comfort
0: yeah and i mean maybe describe what <gasps> pimento cheese is cuz not everybody in california knows i think it's becoming more yeah more understood but tell people what it is yeah well i
1: don't think you should like i think you should <laughs> Yes, you do have to mix cheese and mayonnaise together, (laughs) but like, just eat it. It's fine. So like pimento pepper, you know, just mild peppers. um, They're all pickled, um, chopped up with cheese and mayonnaise. And and you eat it on chips or crackers or just as a sandwich. And it's just... It's so good.
0: It's so funny to me. I feel like regionally so many places have a weird cheese thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're uh, right. You know, queso in Texas mm-hmm. is huge. And I know you can get queso now here, yeah. but um having it in Texas just it tastes better and different. You yeah, know, it tastes totally. real good in Texas. But yeah, a little pimento cheese. Yeah. And it's not melted. It's like no. shredded mm-hmm. and cold. Do you yeah, serve it cold? And
1: cold. Yeah. It's it's served cold, so it's really a dip or a spread or something. And we You know, we have a little pile of our house made pickles on the side and it's just a really good, I mean, it's rich, but then you have the pickles and then we have, um, salt and vinegar chips that we serve with it. And yeah, it's really, I mean, we didn't set out to have like a Southern restaurant, Mm -hmm. but I think comfort food takes so many forms and means so many, like a different thing to everybody, you know? So it's kind of like a whole bunch of comfort food from all over the place, yeah. um, on one menu
0: informed by fun. your, your life. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, right. Yeah, a
1: lot of it, a lot yeah. of it. Um, but it's also like what means, you know, different menu items have been added by different people on the chef team over the years. And yeah. that's what it's mean what it means to them. Um, mm-hmm. so we've had a lot of like wacky stuff that we've tried out that, that have just, you know, stuck or not stuck, but, um, yeah. Yeah. We love it.
0: I think of you as the, um, the boss, (laughs) but you are not a chef. Am I right about that?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, so my husband, Eric and I own the restaurant Mm -hmm. and, um, we opened the hatch in 2015 in June of 2015. Mm -hmm. Neither of us were chefs. We're both front of house people. So, um, you know, I came from a background in restaurants. I have a hospitality degree, focus in food and beverage. Um, but really, besides like a couple of management training programs that I did at a few different restaurants back east, um, you know, I haven't spent any time in the kitchen. Yeah. I love to cook at home. Mm. I mean, mm. right now I just cook like chicken nuggets for my kids. But sure. in a past life, I used to love throwing dinner parties and yeah, brunches right. and, you know, things like that. But um, no, we don't cook... Professionally, we've, um, we opened up with, um, by hiring an executive chef, Mm -hmm. um, sort of last minute, which was crazy. We didn't have an executive chef until, I don't know, it's all a blur, but it was like right before we opened. Did you lose somebody that you had planned on having? We did. Mm -hmm. We did. We hired this uh, or extended the offer to this woman who was coming from Monterey and was interested in moving down to Paso. And she was, she was like an accountant turned chef and she worked for Cal Staminoff for years up there and, you know, around Monterey. I forget what restaurant she was at right before us, but, um, we extended the offer. We were super excited about her. She came down and cooked for us. And then she was like, you know, I'm, this isn't a good fit for me.
0: Oh gosh. Oh gosh.
1: And it, we were like, "What do you mean?" I remember I was on a work trip up in Sonoma because I was working in the wine business, and I was mm-hmm. up in Sonoma. I got the call from her, and I just almost tossed my cookies right there. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um. But then we like put it up on Craigslist, and nice. we found our opening chef. Yeah. And super randomly, we so my husband was a waiter at the Cass House in Cayucas.
0: Oh, I didn't know
1: that. Hmm. And um, years ago, and um. The sous chef at the time, Corey Bidwell, mm-hmm. is our executive chef now. Oh my! Gosh. And we tried to get him back. At that point, we were like, "This guy is amazing. Like, he's got so much potential. But he's he was ready somewhere to move. else." At the time, wasn't he? No, he was at he was at the cast house. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, he was okay. the, the sous chef at the cast house. Gotcha. And um, under Jensen yes. at the time, yeah. Um, and uh, so, anyway, we tried to get him, and he was like, "Oh, a brand new restaurant." mm Hmm. Maybe yeah. we'll see what happens after a few years, you know, yep. but we got him, we got him and he's been with us for still over three years now. Oh my gosh. So he that's was awesome. our third executive chef. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just, he's amazing. We love him. That is awesome. Yeah. It's a great fit.
0: I don't think I realized you were in the wine industry before this, but, but let me just say, so, so I also didn't realize that you had gone to school for hospitality Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, the hatch occupies a pretty special um circle of restaurants in Slow County that are just I'm like impeccably well run. And I am not blowing smoke here. It, it's, <laughs> Thank you. It came up recently um in my in my side work. I do a lot of copywriting for tourism and um somebody high up in tourism here. Um, asked me, you know, what are the restaurants that you feel are, you know, the best and define hospitality on the Central Coast? And I was asked, along with Kendra Aronson, Mm -hmm. the two of us agreed. She's so great. She is so great. (laughs) And um, the two of us were like, I mean, the hatch, it's just great. Oh, great. And I don't get up over the grade, what we call the iron curtain. I don't get yeah, up there often enough. <laughs> yeah, And when I do, there's so many to choose from, but it's always, it's the hatch is always right in there. Um, and I wonder if the fact that you have this super strong hospitality backbone, mm-hmm. if that's a good amount of why. People don't give front of house enough credit for... Um, yeah for the experience, I don't think.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, when we opened, so we were both front of house people. So I moved here to the central coast to Paso Robles to get into the wine business. Mm. And I was, you know, I had always worked in restaurants. I love restaurants. I love going out to eat. I love the business of restaurants. I, you know, like I said, I studied hospitality, but for the first two years at school, I was like, all I wanted to do was work. I wanted to drop out. I wanted to work in restaurants. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's nothing I can learn in school that I can't learn from working. So I worked for some funny places, but, um, uh, the, the last two years at college in college, um, it was focused on restaurants, you know, the gen eds are out of the way. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about, restaurants and it just clicked for me and it Mm -hmm. made sense Mm -hmm. and like couldn't pass finance one to save my life, but finance two. And we're talking about little, you know, inns and motels and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, cafes like that makes sense to me. So like, I, I just love it, but I moved here to get into wine and I was, you know, wine country. Like, of course I want to go to wine country. But
0: Paso is a, not an obvious pick. Well, you know,
1: I was, so getting out of school, I, I was into wine and I, in, in college and I, and I wanted, I didn't drink it. I couldn't afford that. But like, yeah. I definitely, um, you know, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Paso was talked about as this up and coming wine region. Yeah. So the second I graduated, I came out and I spent a week there mm-hmm. and in the summer and I loved it. And I still have this little book that I kept, like the receipts, the wineries I visited, oh my like, gosh, Peachy Canyon. And anyway, I went to Via Creek for dinner and, um, you know, it was, it was just this wonderful experience. And I went back to Boston and, uh, worked for a couple of years as a a manager in a big steakhouse chain. And, um, and then I was like, you know what, let's go it's time. And so I just packed my car, moved out here. I was hired, funny turn of events, but like, and I got really lucky, but I got hired on at Justin winery oh. where I met my husband, Eric, mm-hmm. he was working in the, the restaurant there and I was working in the tasting room and, um, I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I feel like a
0: lot of kismet things happen at Justin. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Will and Carrie Torres yes, met totally. there. Yeah. Um, my yeah. friend, Justin Trebu, the, uh, um, winemaker, she's named after Justin winery oh, and now crazy. she's a winemaker. It's just like, yes, a lot of I love love like that. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, and I think wine country too, but like, especially a bigger winery like that. And I was familiar with like Justin and L'Aventure mm-hmm. on the East coast. Cause they had actual presence there. Yeah. So, you know, Paso Robles wasn't a, like a crazy step. Like it felt like stuff was already happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're sort of like it, it, the world becomes very small when you're in a place where people vacation or a place mm-hmm. where a lot of people come to visit, like, like Justin Winery. Um, but yeah, we, we both love hospitality. Eric and I both love hospitality and like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I think opening a restaurant and having it be, you know, we had lived in Paso for a a while, you know, a number of years and we had a, a great community of people. So when we opened the hatch, like there were people ready to support us, whether we fell on our faces or not. You know, mm-hmm. they were. I think the bar was very low for us <laughs> because people were just like, "Oh, they've never done it before," but like, look at them trying. How cute you know, <laughs> <laughs> look at them trying. And and people love like a, a husband wife or a couple. They sure do. Story. You mm-hmm. know, and and I love that. I'm a sucker for that. Um, I love the podcast that you did with the couple from Bells in Los Alamos. You know, hearing the want, dynamic of yeah. the story and everybody wants
0: that. to hear, like you know, everybody is very nosy and yeah. wants to ha- a little peek into not just the restaurant but into yeah. the relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh, when we opened, it was it was a local joint. It was you know you couldn't and people used to joke you couldn't get to your table without saying hi to everyone at the bar first. I love that. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And, um, you know, in the six years that we've been open, that's changed a lot.
0: How so? Tourism
1: mm-hmm. on the Central Coast is just booming. Yeah. And we love our visitors, for sure. Um, but we've started like saving tables in the restaurant just for locals yeah. because it's, you know, th- we book up. Six weeks in advance on weekends.
0: You do take reservations. We
1: do, yeah. Did you always? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. always. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. a firm believer in reservations.
0: Tell me about that.
1: People like to plan. People like to know that you know if you if you're meeting someone for dinner or meeting you know going out with friends or something like you don't want to be stuck walking around and like. Mm not knowing With if we're going to be able to get in. Purse.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Don't you think, I, I think it's better for the restaurant too, mm-hmm. right? It allows you to pace. It allows yeah. you to space out. You know, if you don't have anybody at five o'clock and then everyone shows up at seven thirty, right now that you have reservations, you're allowed to book people at five. right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like a no brainer to me.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, but it's, it's so busy in Paso Robles right now. Mm. Who was I just talking to? We were out at um, Thatcher Winery yesterday, yeah. <laughs> talking to Michelle and Sherman, and they uh, they, they make fabulous wines by they the way. Sure do. We got to taste through a, a, a big flight of their wines, Viognier. and it's such a great time. Oh, yeah. they just do a great job. Um, but they were talking about how hard it, they never come into town on the weekend anymore. You yeah. know, Paso is just so busy. And uh, Michelle said something about one of her friends leaving a restaurant in Paso at like eight thirty on a Wednesday. And she was like, it was like bourbon street. You know? <laughs> I'm like it is not like bourbon street, but seriously, it's, Wednesday. yeah, it's, it's so busy right now. Paso and, is just seeing this like boom.
0: And hopefully at like the trailing of a pandemic too, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. it's nuts. And I, uh, I think that the pandemic is perhaps responsible for a lot of the drive market. Mm -hmm. Um, people coming from San Jose, from the Valley, from, you know, Ventura, from LA, San Francisco, the fact that we couldn't travel internationally and in some cases still can't, um, or, you know, fly to the East coast. We have been able to drive and people are just hungry for it. This
1: is the second time I've seen that with Paso Robles the first time. So I moved here in October of 2007. Um, and so it was like right before the recession was oh. like really in full swing. And so what I remember hearing, that was 08, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so what I remember hearing at that time is like Napa was just like a nosedive mm-hmm. and Paso was getting, like people were <laughs> trading down <laughs> to Paso. I hate yes. to say it like that, but like they, and they were happy to do it. Yeah. Um, but they were driving to Paso Robles from the Bay area, from Orange County and LA and, um, you know, finding, you know, taking the time to find these gems yeah. and, um, you know, we're seeing that again now, like they're driving instead of flying they yeah. Um, they're doing little, you know, staycations in Paso, you know, rent a house for a couple of weeks or yeah. a month or whatever it is. And, you know, live that country life. Everyone's trying to slow down a
0: little too. I think you're right. I think you're right. I want to take a minute to shout out to a couple of good friends of this podcast. Consumed is sponsored by MidState Containers, cargo storage containers, and refrigerated shipping containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how MidState Containers could change your life, but the truth is, Many, many guests on the Consume podcast use MidState for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections, and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. MidState containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers' market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop-up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from season ten, Krista Flieger, from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Midstate container for an office on her property. Other ideas include schoolrooms, music and photography studios, and there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a midstate container, so use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote. Midstatecontainers.com. Slow Life magazine also sponsors the Consumed podcast. Slow Life looks at what's going on in San Luis Obispo, including the arts, real estate, business, and the people impacting culture here. For the magazine, I just wrapped up my food column on crepes, which you may know as a French street food, but did you know that every February 2nd is the day of the crepe? In France on that holiday, people try to flip a crepe in the pan with their non-dominant hand, and if they do it... They're guaranteed a year of prosperity. See, you can learn so much from Slow Life Magazine. Get your copy at slowlifemagazine.com. There is, it's funny, I think that you have blended very well into a West Coast um, personality, (laughs) but you do have a tiny bit of East Coast edge, (laughs) which I just adore. Um, I spent... Four years on the East Coast and, um, just, you know, I, I didn't yeah, belong. Yeah. Well, that's, I've heard that it's like way harder for a California kid to go oh, east sure. than it is. Oh, we opposite. have crazy respect for you when you come out here. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. didn't have to come here, but you did. And when I went out there, I've told the story so many times, but when I was, uh, I went to school in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. So that's cold suit so, oh, oh man so that's a big cold. change so cold and actually a really depressed yeah. town and Ooh, city yeah um but i went to vassar college which is like this little jewel box mm-hmm. in the middle of it nobody lived off campus it was really self-contained but um Odie, what <laughs> my cat just pulled something off a shelf um I was, I flew to, I don't know, New York City at one point to, and so I had to take the train upstate. Yeah. And as I was taking uh, the train through Yonkers, there was a big billboard with a picture of a surfboard and it was an ad for a storage place. And it said, any New Yorker can tell you where to oh, put this. that is hilarious. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it.
0: They don't want me here. That's so funny. Such a blonde Californian (laughs) being like, wait a minute. Uh, But yeah, I I didn't feel particularly wanted there. I kind of felt like an animal at the zoo to Mm -hmm. a few people. Yeah, that blonde hair, come on. (laughs) We haven't ever seen that. (laughs) Well, and just like my... I'm so naive, so friendly, like so open, um, and... That was kind of funny to some people, yeah. for sure. But um, yeah, so yeah, you it's grew up... a different up- vibe. Totally. Connecticut, went to school in Massachusetts. Um, do you miss it? I do. I love the East Coast. Yeah. My dad is from Newport Beach.
1: Okay. So I grew up spending time out here in Southern California every summer. Oh, so you're not summer. a total newbie. No. Okay. So I always thought I'd end up here. I was actually born in Santa Monica. My my hmm. parents met in New York, moved to Los Angeles. And hmm. um, so I didn't move back to Connecticut until I was maybe five, four or five. Okay. So I was raised there, but definitely had West Coast roots. Um, but like my life goal is to be bicoastal, to be able to like- that Sounds good. Yeah. That sounds really good. You know, spend ski weekends back east mm-hmm. on Vermont. the icy slopes. <laughs> on the crusty slopes. Actually, never mind. I like skiing out here. Never mind. Ski
0: out here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a, a stopover in like yeah. Utah or yeah, Denver. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: yeah. One of the things that I brought out here was my snowboard, and it has nice. like seven inches of dust on it in the rafters nice. of my um, uh, my garage. It's an expensive
0: pastime, too.
1: It is. Oh, and you need snow for it, P.S. Right, 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 right. The travel and the da-da-da. But anyway, and they're probably hopelessly out. It's probably hopelessly out of date. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love being there in the summer. Um, I love so many things about the East Coast. um, But I love where we live. And every time I leave, I'm reminded about how good we have it here on the Central Coast. Yeah, we do. I mean, just like the – like everything's grown here, you know, yeah. like there's stuff happening year round. Um, you know, it's, it's a real gem. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Um, people call the hatch hatch. What is it? <laughs> it's the hatch. And if it's the hatch, I want to know why it's called that down Which, the hatch.
1: Good oh, food, good drinks. It? Easy peasy, down the hatch.
0: Do people ask you this all the time? Is it about an egg? Is it about a chick?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Especially because we, you know, we do a lot of rotisserie chicken. so, right. so it's a the little hatch. morbid. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, that's what we always called it. And um, it was kind of funny. So across the town square, there's the catch. Oh, yeah. Seafood restaurant. Yeah. Catch. So we have people show up. At, you know the wrong catch, restaurant catch. all the time, and there used to be. I know there's the Batch here, and in, in, that's uh, right. And they they used to have an outpost right up the street from us, oh my where gosh. Amsterdam Coffee is now. So that was super confusing to people. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the Hatch, yeah, um, the Hatch rotisserie and bar, mm-hmm. and that's our that's our baby. Yeah, yeah. we've always called it. Uh, I don't know can't remember at this point where, where, why we started calling it the hatch, like before it even opened, yeah. you know, when it was just in our brain. Um, but it's, yeah, that's our, I
0: love that yeah. name and it suits the kind of food that you serve too, and the personality yeah. of the place yeah. really well. Thanks. So super casual, you mm-hmm. can show up wearing just about anything, but a very, very high caliber of execution. And um the cocktails are famous there did you Thank always you. know it was going to be cocktail
1: heavy we did we didn't know how to get there when we first opened um you know i always joke that like if i were behind the bar everyone would be drinking vodka sodas like that's the <laughs> level of lame that i am um but like but we knew we wanted to get there, and, and we had this liquor. We wouldn't have opened a restaurant without a liquor license. Mm. And do you know that story? No, please. That's a good one. Because liquor licenses, I mean,
0: crazy expensive.
1: Insane. If you can even find one in this county. Exactly. Yes, if I you talked get to the your people hands at on it.
0: Le Petique and I about that. Yeah. It's
1: like just so tough. But yeah. yeah, tell me about the liquor license. I know. That's what they want more than anything, because Courtney comes from the bar that's right. From Vegas bars. Yes, exactly. So she would do a great job. She will. I, I It'll am sure happen. that'll happen for them. But anyway, um, so we won a liquor license in a countywide lottery. Oh my god. So every it has to do like the number of liquor licenses have to do with the population in a county. And um it seems like other counties just you know you can just buy one off the street, you know it's not a big deal, but in our county in slow county um they very infrequently release new ones from Do the state
0: have a temperance thing going on here, or is that like they don't want to, is it or is the market just saturated? I
1: think they just i don't i don't know I mm-hmm. don't know exactly why or you know how many new residences residents we need to get before we release. We get one more in so our county. It yeah. doesn't seem like there's
0: an overabundance. Well, downtown's slow. I gotta yeah, say downtown it's slow. like you yeah. can't swing a dead cat without hitting a bar. True. Yeah. Uh but but anyway, um I but then you look at something like Santa Barbara or you know, Santa Barbara County and all the wineries and everything. Right. Um If any place is saturated, it's there. Right. So I don't know why we... It makes me want to look back at old laws and old politicians and what their bailiwicks were. So
1: they, like, somebody lobbied for more, and, and so they were coming out with five new liquor licenses. And so you had to put your name in a hat... And so I was working at the winery. Eric was managing a restaurant in downtown Paso. Mm. And we had always talked about this. Like, this is my dream. To own a restaurant is my dream from when I was, you know, five years old. This is all I've ever wanted to do. Mm. And, but I always thought I'd cook or something. You know, I didn't really know what shape it would take. Mm. So um, we were going up to um, Spokane, Washington for a mm. wedding, for a friend's wedding. And there was this, and we had, I think we had talked about putting our name into this lottery, but it seemed so far fetched. Like yeah. we didn't have any money. We didn't have like anything. And at um, least a building. No, right. no, okay. we didn't. Yeah. Just, just this like <laughs> thought of like the hatch someday. Yeah. Um, and it was the last day that you could put your name in this lottery. And I was like, well, I guess we're not going to do it. And Eric pulls out this notarized, Thing he was like the application, and he was like, "Should we go for it?" And you have to put down like a few thousand bucks. So we were like, "Oh my!" Ooh. Like you but know, you get you get part move. of it back, yeah. But like, but you have to put down something to to put your you know a little skin in the game. So um, so we went to a bank. We landed in wherever we were driving to Spokane. We went to the bank. We got this cashier's check. You're crazy. We signed this thing and we sent it in and you know, that was probably August of 2014. And then October 9th it was the day after Eric's birthday. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was sitting in my office and he calls me and he was like, Hey, we got this liquor license. Oh my word. <laughs> I think I was like laughing and crying and like all this stuff. And now you have to put up for it. In ninety days we had to hang the, the sign, the notice to, you know, sell alcohol yes. in the window of a restaurant, a bona fide eating establishment, which meant you had to have over I think forty nine the capacity for forty nine people. And you did not have this? No. We didn't have anything. You can't hang it. We in like didn't like have your a... front window no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought for a little bit, we were like, should we like ninety days, that's so fast. Like yeah. Should we try to sell it? Well, you can't sell it. You can't transfer it for two years. Yeah. Should we maybe partner with a restaurant that wants a liquor license? Well, that gets kind of messy yes. and the liability and da 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 da. And so we were kind of talking about it with our families and we were like, I know this, like, I remember saying, like, we're not going to open a restaurant. Like, don't worry. We won't open a restaurant. <laughs> and then we were just like, we're going to open a restaurant.
0: Yeah, because it's like a use it or lose it situation. You have to. We do have that. to.
1: We have to. And we knew what we wanted to do. We've talked about it enough. Like, let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. So um, we ended up, we knew, like, I wrote the business plan for the Hatch nights and weekends. You know, I wrote the business plan about the location that we're in right now that was occupied at the time.
0: Oh, my god! Did you ever go
1: to Burnick's back in the day? No. It was like this steakhouse bar where the Hatch is now. And we loved it. Like Eric and I flirted over martinis there. Very similar. Yeah. Like exposed brick. Yeah. Long banquette, like low lighting. It was so cool. Um, So we wrote the business plan about that location. And it ends up that one of, that the owner of the building was a regular of Eric's from another restaurant. Mm -hmm. So we went to her and we were like, Hey, if this happens to become available, could you just let us know? And she was like, actually they haven't paid rent in a few months like maybe we can make this happen and she did she let us sign a lease like a conditional lease for 30 days like in the last few days of the 90 day period she let us say like sign this lease but like pay a month of rent and like give it up if we if we couldn't come up with the money for the for the whole thing
0: like holding your
1: spot yeah yeah, yeah, basically holding our spot. And so we were able to keep the license. Wow. And like somehow in that month, I ran into my former realtor, mm-hmm. and he told me about how he had just refied his house. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What is that? Like, you just get money out of your house? <laughs> and we had this house. And I was like, let's do that. So we refied our really house. financed, And that's how we were able to open the restaurant. That's And nuts. we just, like, went for it. We didn't – I mean, we barely did anything to the inside because it had been built out for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so we just um, – we bought equipment. We spray-painted some shit, you know, and put it up and sure. called, it, called it good. Like I said, it was a low bar to entry. But we were – like, it, we loved it. From day one, we, we were so invested in this place.
0: It sounds like the universe was like, we need this restaurant. And so yeah. we're going to make certain little doors open for you to open it. Yeah. Did we you talk? Feel- a
1: lot about luck like luck versus hard work and I love this conversation with people because I love asking like you know are you lucky or do you work hard which one is it luck we are so lucky yeah and we've had to work so hard for every opportunity we've been given like it is so much work it is so much you know stress and responsibility and you know all that but god we've been so lucky
0: I feel like a certain amount of it I, I feel that I've been very lucky in my life too yeah there's there's like the opportunity is out there whether you know that it's there or not mm. and the hard work is just opening the door to get there yeah. you know it's like constantly opening the door and that's where the hard yeah. work comes in yeah. um and some people have to work harder than others to mm-hmm. get to that you know yeah. but yes i feel you on that so you see so you open this restaurant did you feel like it was pretty busy from the get go yeah i mean it was a total blackout
1: Phase for me. I was pregnant when we opened, so I was, I, I used to found out, to I, <laughs> 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 I couldn't eat anything. I was like, oh. this place is disgusting. <laughs> like the wood fire was always going. We were always pickling something. Like oh. it was just vinegar and wood smoke and like all like peppery. And it was, it was it was terrible. Smoke
0: bugged me a lot when I was pregnant. Really, because I, I had to walk past Firestone. Yes, and oh. Thursday Farmers Market, <laughs> and I, on my way to walk home, and I it took a long mm. time to get over that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So everything's gross. Totally and vinegar and pickling. Oh, oh my, my god! Lord.
1: Yeah, we had so we opened June fifteenth, and Memorial Day weekend. So two weeks before then, my grandmother died in Connecticut. And she was, she was so instrumental in, in raising me. Mm -hmm. So she took care of me every day after, after school, um, lived, you know, quarter of a mile from where I grew up and, you know, my parents worked full time. So she was, I mean, she drove me to ballet every day, you know, came home, did snacks. She was just always around. She's such a big part of my Mm -hmm. life. And, um, you know, when I said, when I told my mom that I was moving to California, she, she didn't say anything about her. She was like, you get to tell your grandparents, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. but she, she died on Memorial day weekend. And the night that she died, I was out with my sister, um, you know, drinking beer and playing pool. Mm. And my sister comes over to me and she like pokes my belly. And she was like, you sure there's no baby in there? And I was like, you're a jerk. Like if you gain a couple pounds, like watch what I'm going to do to you, you know? And, um, then she left and the funeral was going to be the next weekend. We got home to try to see her before she went. And then the funeral was going to be the next weekend. And that was also my last week of work at Justin. I had given mm-hmm. like a three month notice. They knew what I was doing. And, uh, so I missed my whole last week of work there cause I stayed in Connecticut mm-hmm. and, um, and my sister had to fly back to Georgia, where she lived the next day, and then she was going to come back for the funeral the following week and And the next day, I mean granted we had kind of tied it on the night before playing pool, but like in our like local hometown pool, pool hall, just so I haven't <laughs>
0: heard that phrase. <laughs> i love it yes yes your local pool hall like having a wonderful
1: right oh god it was yeah mm -hmm, there's so much bud light or Coors light or something (laughs) Mm, but delicious um yeah like the next day i was cooking dinner and i had a sip of beer and i was like wow this tastes terrible Mm -hmm. i hate this i was like Mm -hmm. oh god oh no And I went and I took a pregnancy test and I was like, oh God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm pregnant and I'm going to open up a restaurant in two weeks. And my husband is 3000 miles away and my grandmother just died yesterday. And yeah, it was this crazy time. So, so anyway, yeah, I held that little secret with me for a week and then came home and, and told my now husband, not, you know, it was just my boyfriend business partner back then. Mm Um, and he just started laughing, like, Of course, you are. Of
0: course. You know,
1: we had been, we had actually been trying for a long time, but it hadn't happened. And, and, uh, hmm. so it was like this crazy, you know, you kind of forget. I was probably like about to give birth. Like, I was, you know, f- sort of far along, but we had been concentrating on the restaurant. Yeah. You know, I was finishing up my, my job. I, I, I had literally just lost my, you know, health benefits, my cushy corporate package,
0: you know, benefits package, which is a real thing, by the way. (sighs) I mean, no, who thinks when you, when you become pregnant, you get so, you know, either excited, terrified, um, some people really sad. I mean, it's just this, all of these different things. Um, but to have to think about, You know, do we have to put the baby on the credit card? It's a crazy Mm -hmm. thing that uh, I don't think enters most people's minds when they're trying to get pregnant or when they wind up pregnant. We, oh my gosh, just it, it, my first, we, um, did a program called access for infants and mothers, which was a California state plan that I think is called something else right now, but we had been traveling the full year before, um, we had quit our jobs and were traveling for a year. We became pregnant three months after we came back, and Access for Infants and Mothers looked at your total income for the previous year, and our total income was like $1,000. So we qualified, um, but that was just by chance. We had great jobs before that great jobs after that, but that's so my son was born completely free. My daughter, because now we had our jobs back again, I mean, it was like outrageous. Outrageous. It's outrageous. It's outrageous.
1: Yeah, just a little and side like note. if you have like a, a difficult pregnancy, if you have to go to the sure. doctor, I mean, you're already going NICU, to the doctor a ton. Yeah. My daughter ended up um, having to be in the NICU for a yeah. week, and I got the full bill, $125,000. Yeah. Like, what if I hadn't been able to buy insurance through the company, you know? Through, so you like, did buy insurance we through, did. through yeah, your company? Yeah, we made that a, a priority first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's
0: so expensive. So expensive. Um, People are paying their babies off for years. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So in any case, wild ride. So wild. So you, you, it really was a blur.
1: Yeah, it really was a blur. I hosted for the first six months. This is what I did. I was like this big, giant pregnant lady. I mean, I felt good. I had a good pregnancy. I was really lucky besides all the, the smells, but like, um, I hosted at the restaurant and you know I just got bigger and bigger and people you know were just like Maggie there's no room for you to polish glasses or like you know run food there it's a small restaurant like yeah. just stay up front. And I love hosting. I love being the first person that people see when they come in and you know playing that game of Tetris with the tables and yeah. trying to get in as many people as possible. And, um, mm. but I was so like large and in charge and my ankles were so swollen. I was wearing slippers mm. half the time. And, um, I would just sit there on the stool and I guess, so you asked if the restaurant was busy, like, I guess it wasn't that busy because mm. I would sit there a lot and just like scroll through food 52 or like smitten kitchens blog, Why? um, looking just for recipes, just looking mm. at food. Yeah. Like, what am I going to, like, I don't have time to cook anymore. Let's just read about food. Let's just look at food. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Yes. Like, think about food. So I sat there and like probably pointed people to their seats and whatnot. And um, so we, let's see, it was, so my daughter was born in January. We had been open for six months and it never occurred to us to like close the restaurant while we were
0: in New labor. Parents. Yeah, oh, in like, labor. Yeah,
1: when I was going to go like have a baby. Um so we asked one of our waiters who's still with us, who's with us from day 1. Oh, amazing. Um hey, will you just run this place while we're gone? And we knew him before, you know, he's been all over the place in the county. Um Eric's worked with him in the past and and he was like sure, but my wife is also going to give birth in January. Like unless like I can watch the restaurant for you unless we're in labor too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So it came down to the wire, like the month of January. And luckily she went, you know, two weeks before me. Um, and so he was able, but like, you know, the lamest thing about, I mean, I love what I do. So I, I will bitch and moan, but like, I, I do love what I do, but we do joke about the fact that like our two experiences in the hospital, having our two kids, were our only two vacations in the first six years because like nobody would call us. We could watch all the TV we wanted and we played cards and like got takeout from the restaurants around here. And it was, it was pretty awesome. That is awesome. Except for the whole labor part.
0: My gosh. And it, it's it's blowing my mind as you say this, because I remember being a new mother feeling like I never got a vacation. There's, there is no vacation from all of that until, um. And I wasn't running a restaurant, but I remember going to the dentist
1: yeah.
0: and having a babysitter. <laughs> yes. And they reclined at the chair, and I was like, oh, my uh, God, this is amazing. Isn't that
1: so lame? <laughs> <laughs> to like, go to get your like, eyebrows
0: waxed, and you're like, oh, this is the best. This is the best. When I went to get vaccinated yeah. the first time. I had the kids stay home. My husband was working from home and so I had the kids stay home and I went and I realized as they were like, sit here for fifteen minutes just to, you know, yeah. let you, to acclimate and we'll yeah. just watch you. Fifteen minutes with nobody talking to you. So me. lovely. It was so nice. So my lovely. standards have gotten so low. I
1: know. Yeah. I know. It is it is righteous. Anytime I drive to or from town, you know, from from our house, um, without the kids, I'm like this la, is la, vacay. La. So, how
0: old are they now? Five and
1: five and all, or four and almost six. Okay. Yeah. Still yeah. young. So, yeah, they're little, but they yeah. love the restaurants. Of course. Yeah, they're they. Alexander wants to be a chef, and Lucy wants to. I don't know what she wants to do. She wants to like set the tables. That's all that she has in her yes. brain right now. But. It's so cute. They're, yeah,
0: they really like it. They are so, uh, yes, that's (laughs) awesome. So you say restaurants because now you have something new. And I'll just, full disclosure, I haven't been yet. Okay, you have to come. Okay, and so the name is? Della's. Della's. What's that named after? Della's. Um, So have you ever read the book? It's it's a short story by O.
1: Henry called The Gift of the Magi. No. It's this story that I grew up on every single year at Christmas time, We would read it. And it's fabulous. It's just really teeny tiny. You'll read it in five minutes. Yeah. Um, but it's a story about love and giving. And yeah, it's Christmas and it's, you mm-hmm. know, Christianity and whatnot. But like the, the themes of, you know, selfless love yeah. and, and giving are just really like so impactful for me. So mm-hmm. um, we grew up reading this story every single year. And um, the main character is, the main characters are Della and Jim, mm-hmm. and we just love my sister and I loved the name Della. Yeah. And when we were naming the restaurant, years, you know, four years ago, we we've been talking about this for a long time. We mm. want I wanted a pizza place, yeah, because yeah. East Coast, you know, I yeah. love pizza. slice. Get mm. a slice. Oh my goodness, slice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Fold it up. Yeah, it nice. <laughs>
0: You did spend time in New York. <laughs> I also dated. An Italian man from the Bronx. Oh, dude. So we yes. have we've got garlic knots and all the few, things. Yeah, a yeah. few slices.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, when we were naming Della's, my sister was naming her daughter her first child. Oh. And so my niece is Della. Oh. And so we like she named her daughter, and then I was like, she gets a restaurant too.
0: Oh. Super
1: cute. And also my first job, which was a pizza joint, Nice. It was Jim's. So Della and Jim, it just, it all worked it out. It works. Yeah.
0: You're close to your sister. Yeah. But she's not here.
1: She's not. She actually, so she, so we have two stepbrothers who are our age too, who mm-hmm. we've grown up with forever pretty much. And um, they grew up in Louisville, and my sister and I grew up in Connecticut. And I, so my sister hightailed it out of Connecticut as fast as she could. Mm-hmm. All three of them went to the University of Georgia. Oh, wow. I was the Yankee bitch that stayed. What <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think your poop doesn't stay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So snotty. Um, but she ended up in Augusta, Georgia, ended up marrying this guy who we went to school with growing up in Windsor, Connecticut, oh, who was working here. as a golf pro caddy at um, Augusta national golf course. Yeah. They ended up small town. Anyway, she ended up staying down there, uh, but they now have two kids and they just moved back to Connecticut. Okay. So, which I'm super happy about. Cause now when I go East, it's like one-stop shopping.
0: Who's the Yankee bitch
1: now. Who's the Yankee bitch now,
0: Sarah. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Once more, I want to give love to a couple other podcast friends. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local, organic, and non-GMO standards. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well-being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low-to-no-waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Now hear this. Wine and Spirits magazine named their top 100 wineries of 2021, and the good people at Native Nine Wines in Santa Maria made the list. Not only are they among the top 100 wineries in the world— they are also one of 10 producers from the Central Coast on that list. So, side note go Central Coast, a tenth of the world's top producers. Native Nine produces Pinot Noir, only Pinot Noir, from organically farmed, minimally irrigated, hand harvested vines that owner James Onaveros planted in 1997 when he was just in his early 20s studying crop science at Cal Poly University. James grows eight. Quino Noir clones on his Rancho Anaveros vineyard, and winemaker Justin Willett shepherds the wine to bottle, with a distinct focus on whole-cluster fermentation. If you've been looking for the right bottle to share at the holiday table or to gift to a loved one, look for the Native Nine link on the consumed website or visit ranchosteyonoveros.com. So, the pizza place yeah it's but it's not just it isn't just a pizza place from what i understand isn't it like pizza napolitana
1: it's it's we're very very California about this okay. um but it's it is a a fermented thin crust pizza so fired wood fired pizza Blister-y yeah delicious. yes yeah. charred it is it's so delicious, mm. so I am a pizza fanatic, and um i'll eat. Really any kind of pizza. Yeah. Even
0: I'll, good bad pizza is good pizza.
1: It's still pizza. Yeah, yeah. I'll put ranch on anything. Fine. <laughs> uh, which I would have never said in Connecticut.
0: No. And, and I'll Nelly never is here.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um yeah, that's a total California thing. But um mm. I always you know, I'm always on the search for good pizza and, um, flower house and slow does a great job. I God, love don't their they pizza. Ever. Oh, I they do. They really pizza. do. And yeah. they're just, they're great people too. Um, but yeah, that was always going to be like, cause it's also comfort food, yeah. you know? And, and because I am such a hospitality person, like I want people to come into my restaurants and just be like super comfortable rather, whether they're, you know a local rancher or coming from San Francisco you, you want know them to feel good yeah and have fun yeah cuz i think if anyone's you know if people are having fun then they're it's it's about the whole experience right for so sure. anyway so pizza total comfort food for me anytime i go back east that's the first thing we do every single night yeah. uh first night when i go back we'll get a big Pizza And it's usually Greek, you know, there's usually yes. like, there's a big, like in Connecticut, a big faction of, of Greek pizzerias. Yeah. And, um, and so that's like, that is my heart and soul. And it's like gut bombs, you know, they're big, crispy, thick crust, lots of cheese, lots of sauce, lots that's of stuff on make, top. That. That's not what we Okay. Make.
0: So since you don't make it like that, I can say, I can't stand East coast pizza, which is.
1: You're insane. No,
0: no, I'm not. But it is you're right, it is a totally different experience. It's right. It's completely different. And 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 New Yorkers are so just incorrigible about pizza. Mm-hmm, they think mm-hmm. they've got it all nailed down oh, yeah. that it's like, oh gee, and I I don't know, it's just not my it's not my taste. And yeah. I'll eat it, it's fine. But it almost feels like it's more tart or something. And I don't think they I don't think the average like corner pizza place mm-hmm. ferments their dough. No. No. Do you think I don't? No, think I don't so. think so.
1: I don't think so. But but it's you know for them it's it's cooked sauce and it's all about yeah. the you know the sauce. So it's you know it's it's darker. It's yeah. Um, the cheese is treated richer.
0: differently. Mm-hmm. I feel like now maybe I've just had really bad stuff. I don't know. There was I this place. Know. Just because you're a storyteller, I don't mind sharing. Yeah. Um There was this place called. <laughs> I'm so excited in Poughkeepsie. If you were feeling flush with cash, yeah. from, you know, I had a job taking the disc with the newspaper, the school newspaper. I drove it in a van across the Hudson to the printer. No
1: way. So
0: this is how old. This is how far back we're going. It
1: was like a disc. What do you like a frisbee? No, a floppy disc. No, Straight a up.
0: disc <laughs> that I would drive in a van. How okay. efficient is yeah, that? Yeah, in like so a good. 13 passenger van. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Drive it across the river, drop it off, and I had to do it really early in the morning. Anyway, so from my campus job doing that, if I felt flush with cash, you would order out. And so we ordered from a place <laughs> called... It was called Napoli's, but we called it Naps, which <laughs> uh, even,
1: as, even as I said, like I feel bile in my Naps. throat.
0: So Naps was Naps. the grossest It's amazing. But if you were going to get... Pizza, calzones, or like grinders. That's yeah. where you would go. And I remember one time I didn't have it delivered to my dorm room. I went in person there and I had never been before. <laughs> so now was I'm so seeing gross. where the food was oh, made. No. And it was like, Like, get over it. <laughs> there was a baby finger, like a. Ba- <laughs> coming. Christ, it was like, stop. Through one of the holes in the no way drink. And the baby was asleep, I think. But there were no adults around. Did, it belong,
1: did the baby belong to Naps? <laughs> I like, was it like. But I haven't even told you the best part. The best part is I'm coming
0: to pick up this pizza. And on the counter, there's this orange prescription bottle. <laughs> With like, you know, antipasto stuff, extra Valtrex. <laughs> God, but anyway, just that's the place oh, I think of amazing. when I think of.
1: I love that you still ordered the pizza. You were like, this Oh, we is, took it home.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were starving, you know, anyway. Yeah. But just the baby finger with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the blanket and the Valtrex. It's just <sighs> like, I can never eat here ever mm-hmm. again. Of course I did, but. Oh, that's so good. Anyway, that's so good. East coasters are very particular about how they yeah. like it. Anyway, Della's is nothing like that. Della's is nothing like that. No. Um, what does it feel like inside? Mm, is it?
1: It's kind of fancy. Okay. Which is really funny for us because the hatch is so chill. Down,
0: down. Yeah, it's down whiskey. Home. You know, you yeah. can shoot whiskey at my bar. True.
1: I mean, you can still order a two hundred dollar whiskey, but it's still like yeah. it's it's. It's chill. And and as we were building out Della's, um, you know, we really had because it wasn't a restaurant before
0: (laughs) I can't stop seeing the little baby. I know, I'm (laughs) trying so hard to hold it together right now. (laughs) Cause once you laugh like I don't get to laugh like that often enough. Oh, it's so good. And when you do, it's like a tickle. It just yeah. Yeah.
1: My heart is bursting. It's good. Yes. Um Our college place was called Antonio's and it was a mm-hmm. place where you just walk in and like buy slices and you walk in one side you walk out the other you can't sit down there yeah. and they would always yell hot cheese up front oh god and, <laughs> and so if you didn't want all That's the other flavors hot, hot cheese up front <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want to wait in line for all the all the you know toppings and whatnot you could just go get your hot cheese up front for like a buck 50 but like fights would break out over the last of the you know sausage pie or whatever it was um anyway those places i love we all have a college place that's like totally it's the peach pit from beverly hills 902 yeah (laughs) The baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the baby finger. Uh, <laughs> that's my first recipe. Yeah. It's called the baby finger. So good. Yeah. Um anyway, so so Della is sort of shaped up. We worked with the same designer that we had for the hatch, a friend of ours, Christian McDaniel. Um and and with the hatch, I mean it was solely functional. Functionality mm-hmm. was the name of the game. So how many seats can we get into this place and what are our tables going to look like? Are they going to look like the cheapest option at the restaurant right. depot? Mm-hmm. Um but Della's we could be and it was built out as a restaurant, whereas Della's was a blank slate. It yeah. was like And
0: it's next door, right?
1: It's right next door. That's so cool we share a wall. Mm. Um which is amazing. So um we built it from the ground up and we got to be a little more intentional about how, you know, the look and the feel of the place and our designer actually got to do what he's good at, yeah. which is design some fun stuff. So we Pinterested for, you know, a couple of years because so we signed the lease on that space in February, 2020, yeah. a month before oh, COVID. Hit. So we were thinking, this is another one of those lucky situations that didn't seem lucky at the time, but, um, you know, th- it was a retail shop beforehand so um previously so it was just a it was just four walls so we slapped some paint on the walls put some of the hatch tables and chairs over there during COVID and we were able to do, you know, when we went up to 50% capacity, we just did half and half. Oh, that is so And ran cool. all the food and the drinks from one side to the, other. actually we had a bar set up over there. We called it sidebar. So that next to the so hatch, great. we set up a little bar over there and ran food from the hatch over yeah. next door. It, you know, wasn't super efficient, but like, that and really helped us maybe out. Maybe not
0: pretty, but it worked yeah. yeah, no, it was kind of
1: been... weird. Like, all the locals were like, we want to, like, made reservation notes original hatch side. Like, don't put us in your weird room next door, you and know? And yet
0: they still they still wanted to be there. They, they did, know, they like... did,
1: you know? But we put our visitors there, and they didn't know. They were like, great, you cool. know? Inside dining, spread out, yeah. you know? Um, so it, it was really lucky that we had that space. But it wasn't until, I don't know, probably this past summer... Um, spring, maybe, I don't know, it was at least a year, m- close to 18 months later that um, we were, we made the decision to start building it out as Della's. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, we can do it now. Like, we feel like this is a good mm-hmm. use of our time and, and resources. And um, like I said, we were lucky being able to seat over there for the hatch. So you know, where other restaurants did not have any um, opportunity to uh-huh. do that. Plus, our building is kind of a standalone thing. We were able to get outdoor, you know, tables for outside dining all the yeah. way around the building. So we were at full capacity almost the whole time. And how
0: fun! You know, it yeah. sounds fun
1: mm-hmm. when you don't have to move the tables inside and out every day. Well,
0: mm-hmm. there is that. Yeah. People are like,
1: I miss outdoor dining, you know, when we were able to be outside. I'm like, well, if you want to move your chairs and table, yeah, right. like I'll bring your food out here. Yeah. I just don't want to do it anymore.
0: I saw at one point you were hiring. <clears throat> do you feel like you are all full up in terms of, I, just because I know everybody's struggling. Everyone's with that. hiring. Yeah,
1: no. So we opened Della's um, <clears throat> two days a week. Because we couldn't find staff. Mm -hmm. So in July, July 15th, we we officially opened. And the space is like, it's bright, it's beautiful. We wanted it to be the light to the hatches, dark, the gin to the whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, Hmm. And reflect this pizza that is light, bright, fresh, Mm -hmm. delicious. I mean, there's still some East Coast dankity dank, you know, (laughs) because that's, you know, I just love getting down on some, I don't know, whatever it is. We have like... Hatch fried chicken on one of our pizzas. We have hatch meatloaf on one of our pizzas. That was wonderful. Yeah, but then there's like you know we we have this this bounty of ingredients around us. So mm-hmm. it's it is very seasonal. It's very like fresh and and light. But it's not all just
0: all veggies all the time. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So anyway, when we opened Della's, it was just two days a week because mm-hmm. that's all we could staff, yeah. and. Now we're four months later and November 15th, we were able to move to a five day a week schedule. So we added a day, added a day, added a day. Mm -hmm. And now, um, you know, the goal is to be seven days just like the hatches, but, um, five is good. I can wrap my brain around five. I can talk about five. For sure. But I am so happy with the food. Yeah. I am so happy. Like we Mm -hmm. did so much R and D. We went everywhere to eat pizza, see what people were doing, see what we liked best and see what we thought like fit what we were trying to do. And Mm -hmm. I love the spirit of California that you can do anything you want. You're not tied to, you know, a certain way of doing things like, you know, pizza Napolitana um, or even like, you know, New York pizzerias, I feel like do it so uniformly. There's a style. Yeah. And we can do whatever we want. We can. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we
1: ferment this, this dough. I mean, we did a lot of dough trials and, you know, uh, which was really fun. And I yeah. started doing it at home. Um, you know, our, our chef was experimenting with it. We have some friends with pizza ovens that let us come over and, mm. uh, you know, Bridget Binns from Refugio. Oh, Bridget was so amazing. She, she oh. let us come over and, and use her pizza oven at yeah. Refugio and, um, so we, we got a lot of practice before we were finally able to open and, uh, yeah, I'm super happy with it.
0: That is so yeah. I'm so happy to hear that you are happy yeah. with it, you know? Yeah. I'm super proud of what we're sounds doing. Like, yeah. It sounds like everything is also just very, um, specific to you mm-hmm. and Eric. Yeah. And, um, I really respect that you're bringing stuff to Paso that Paso may not necessarily be crying out for But you bring it and you're like, well, try this. And they end up loving it, you know? (laughs) Um, Let me ask you what I ask everybody um, at the end of your life. If Mm -hmm. you're like, you know what? It's been such a good run. How are you going to celebrate? What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? And who's going to be there?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Living or dead? I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the easy part is what I would eat. I would eat kid pasta. I would eat pasta with butter and Parmesan cheese. Yep. And I would drink champagne. I would drink really good champagne. sounds great. And I would want my whole family around me Everyone from everywhere, because we never get to do that. Yeah, actually, that's kind of weird. Never mind. I don't want my whole family, <laughs> not all together. That is just a recipe. Do you for, want
0: courses of people?
1: Yeah, maybe courses of people. Mm-hmm. Like first bottle of champagne. We've got the East Coasters. Then, no, no. Who do I, I? I just I, I love um, family time so much, and and my, you know, having kids that are growing up. Um. With, with restaurant parents, my whole goal is to make them not, you know, functioning members of society, not just kids that, you know, are in the back of the restaurant, you know, yeah. I don't know, being ignored or something. Um, hmm. I, we honor family time so much in our house and we're like, my goal is to get more family dinners and like just Mm. random things that, you know, every family gets to do. Like you get to sit around the table and have dinner together. Um, You know, that's what I want. So like my favorite thing is being able to have my kids and my husband and myself, like all in the same place, eating dinner mm-hmm. together, talking about, you know, the mundane stuff, listening to my kids' dumb stories. Like yeah, right. I love that and honor it so much. So yeah, last day, it's just the four of us yeah. eating kid pasta and drinking champagne.
0: I love yeah. it. I love it. You are so fun. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. Thank and you. Appreciate- that was really
1: good. <laughs> my cheeks might hurt tomorrow. I know.
0: <laughs> Maggie, say hi to Eric. Fine.
1: I will. Thank okay. you, Jamie
0: that's it for another episode of the consumed podcast consumed is produced by me jamie lewis and edited by chris lambert to learn more about any of the guests you hear on the podcast visit let's get you can also sign up there for the consumed newsletter where i share recipes side stories and more until next time thank you for getting consumed together with me